Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Genesis chapter 3. This morning I want to preach a message entitled, I've entitled, Stopped. Stopped. I believe that the Lord, I know in my own life, guys, that the Lord has chased me down. Ran after me even when I was running away from him. Can I get a witness in the church this morning? I want you to hear me even from the very beginning now in Genesis chapter 3. Look at this. This is the beginning, right? Genesis. Adam and Eve, they're the only ones on planet Earth as we know it. And sin is fixing to enter into humanity. And I want you to look what God said. Now the serpent, verse three, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say that? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it, you must not touch it, and if you do, you'll die. No, the serpent said, No, you won't die. You won't surely die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, see, what it is is God knows that when you eat it, Your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at it, and it was was desirable for obtaining wisdom, so she took some of the fruit. Now let's stop right there just for a moment. Satan has no new tricks. You understand that? Why, Why have any new tricks when the tricks that he has works? See, he asked two questions right there. Did you catch what they were? Did God say that? And then the second question was, depending on how you answer, then the second question was what? Well, did he really? Does he really mean it? And see, that's the same thing that he asked us when we decide we're going to live for God and serve God and do what's right and pleasing to God. Satan will come in and say, well, why are you doing that? And you tell him, well, God told me to. And then he says, well, what did he give God? Really say that? And then God, did God really mean that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's what he said. Did God really say it? Well, God, did God really mean it? And then, well, she was tempted and she gave in. And look in verse 6. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. And that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So here, look, what you got here? You got Adam and Eve. They've done messed up. They have sinned. And they have taken, they, as soon as they sinned, they said, oh, Adam said, 
Girl, you naked. She said, she said, you're naked. So then they took, so then they took fig leaves and they sewed them together. That ain't much of a covering, is it? For some of you, it'd be harder to cover with figs, leaves, and others. Could you imagine me trying to cover myself with a fig leaf? Okay, quit imagining it. I quit now. For the rest of the service, look down, please. Look down at the carpet. That's what they've done. Soon as they sinned, they begin to hide. That's what we do. See, we were born into sin. We didn't even get to make a choice here. Because of Adam and Eve's choice, if we were born into this earth and never sinned, we would still be a sinner because we're not, we don't sin because, because we start sinning. We sin because we're born a sinner. I've used this illustration many times, but if you go right through that hallway, if you had x-ray vision, and you go through that hall, that wall, through the hall, through the other wall, you would enter into the nursery. A place that only the brave go. <laughs> and in that nursery right now, you know what you would find if, you could, if they could drop the video of what's going on in there? You know what you would find? You would find chaos. You know why? Because they're sinners. They are. They're little unchecked sinners. How do I know this? How do I know this? How do I know this? Put one toy, the best toy. Put one toy right there in front of all the kids. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to fight over that toy. That's right. Mine included. He's going to fight over it. And I've never told him to fight. At one time that I have, I pulled up Judah and said, Judah, he's two and a half. Judah, if there's one toy, Carl, if there's one toy, I want you, Judah, I want you to do whatever you've got to do to get that toy. I've never told him that, but you know what? If that's a toy, you know what he's going to do. And, and the other kid's got it. He's going to say, hmm, my toy. That's what my toy. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past him to grab that child's arm and sink his little teeth into that arm. And I've never told him to do that. You know what, later on, later on, you know what he'll do because your kid's done it too. They'll lie to you. Will they not? You don't teach them to lie, but what do they do? They lie. You didn't have to teach them. They just lie. Just lie, lie, lie. You got to teach them. Hey, don't lie. Well, why do they do this? They've never been taught. Why do they do it? Help me because they are born into sin. They're sinners. So you don't sin and become a sinner. You're a sinner, therefore you sin. And we didn't have this choice. Adam and Eve did this. They sinned in the garden. And sin entered into humanity. And since then, we've done what Adam and Eve do. We cover our tracks. I'm, you hear me? We cover our tracks. Before we get, before we get saved, we drove through our phone, making sure we got all our, everything in our phone like it needs to be. Today I walked, in, I walked in my office. You know what my wife was doing? I caught her reading all my messages. Every one of them. But you know what? I wasn't scared. I didn't say, oh my God, she's got my phone. Oh my God, she's going to read my messages. My messages are so boring. In fact, you know what most of my messages are? Messages from y'all.
But when we're sinners, when we're sinners, we got to cover our tracks, clear our search history. Come on, somebody. You know I'm talking. You know I'm telling the truth. Making sure we do that this deal and that deal. We do it wrong. We do it. We do it bad. We're trying to cover our tracks. We are no different than Adam and Eve. They were covering themselves. They were covering their nakedness. They were hiding. And you know what God said in verse nine. Verse 9, look, this is, this is the key text, I guess. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said, Where are ye? See, your sin, your sin doesn't scare God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've said. I don't care how long you've been saying it. I don't care uh, where you got out of last night. How you woke up, maybe you woke up this morning and you got a hangover and you're in church right now living off of aspirin and coffee. That's okay. You couldn't wait for the music to get done because it was killing your head because you had partied all night. To, uh, Ice, ice baby, vanilla ice, who was in Alma last night. I don't care where, I'm telling you right now, I know about that, I seen that, I seen that. Yes, I did, yes, I did. And let me tell you something, some of y'all think, Pastor, some of y'all think, well, Pastor, he, boy, he's got the gift of prophecy. No, I don't, I have Snapchat, I have Facebook, and I see where you go, where you been. I'm just playing. I, don't, I didn't see any of y'all are there or not. But I did see where he was at. But listen to me. And you bank your head's hurting today because you can't, the music's so loud and you, you've just been partying all day long. And let me tell you something. God ain't scared of that. God ain't scared of you and where you've been. God is not scared of your sin. God doesn't, is not scared of your religious works, trying to make yourself feel better about yourself. Still hiding, still running. See what God said. God said, I'm looking for you. The Bible tells us in Luke, he says that he came to find you and free you. Let me say it like this. He came to seek in and save that which was lost. And the words he echoed from the beginning in Adam, uh, with Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, he's echoing today. He's calling out to you. He's, if you listen now, he's saying, where are you? I'm looking for you. See, we serve a God and you ought to be thankful about it. I mean, plum tickled about it that we serve a God. God that will chase us down, run us down, even when we say, I don't want anything to do with you, he'll stalk you, his love is extravagant, his grace is scandalous, and he's calling your name today. I want to take you to a very familiar scripture text in the book of John. I love John. I do. I love John's writings. The Bible says in the very end of John, John said, because you've got Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which say about the same thing, the synoptic gospels of Jesus. But then you got John. John said, the only reason I wrote this book, I know Matthew covered it, and I know uh, Luke covered it, and I know uh, Mark covered it, but the only reason I wrote what I wrote is so that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he, he talks, of, he, 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 he lists a lot of wonderful miracles of. He lists the encounter with Jesus and Nicodemus where Jesus said, Nick, if you, religious Nick, Nick, if you want to be saved, you've, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And in, in, in John chapter 4, he meets this woman at the well. Don't you love that? Uh, knew everything about her, yet was still in love with her. Uh, in, in chapter 5, he heals the centurion. Uh, in chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000. And 
in chapter 7, he states that he is the bread of life. And it's miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, in, in chapter 8, I love this, John. In chapter 8, the woman is caught in the very act of adultery. And the, and, and they, the religious people throw her at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, the first, y'all, if you're without sin, you cast the first stone. Uh, you, you remember that? John chapter 9 is, is miracles and, and uh, a blind man is healed. Then you get to 11, which is one of the coolest of all. And that's where Jesus raises the dead. Dead man by the name of Lazarus. Now, I, I think this is a wonderful miracle, but it's a beautiful picture of the greatest miracle, which is even greater than Lazarus being raised from the dead. It's the miracle of salvation. See, the Bible tells us we were dead in trespasses and sin. What I'm getting at is this, I am Lazarus. I was Lazarus. Well, I am Lazarus because I was dead and now I'm, I'm alive. Amen. I was lost, but now I'm found. If you will, let's just read it together. John chapter 11. Now a man was sick. Lazarus from Bethany. The village of Mary and his sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, I want to stop right there. I'm talking about the love of God stalking you, Jesus stalking you, not giving up on you, not quitting on you. But I got to also, I admire Mary and Martha. Now let me tell you why I do, because they told Jesus. They told on Lazarus. They told, they, told, they told Jesus, wrote Jesus a letter and said, hurry up and get here to my brother Lazarus. He is sick. And I want to tell you, there's people that have been telling Jesus on you and you don't even know about it. They've been calling out your name in prayer. That's why you're here today and you, don't, you didn't even know it. There's some grandmamas been praying prayers for you that you know nothing about. There's some mamas and daddies been praying prayers for you and the only reason you're here, I'll just preach right by myself today now if I have to, that's been praying prayers for you that you know nothing about. There's people that you don't even know God laid. Do you believe that? I believe it with everything in me. There's people that you don't even know that's prayed prayers for you because God laid you on their hearts. Mary and Martha said, we got to tell somebody Lazarus is sick. We think we're not telling a doctor. We're not telling the doctor. We're telling Jesus. We'll tell the only one that we know that can fix this situation. She told, they wrote the letter. Jesus gets the letter. This is what the letter said. Lord, the one you love is sick. Verse 4. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end. In death. But this is for the glory of God. So that he may be glorified through, there's that word again, it. I remember Jesus and his disciples run up on a blind man. And the disciples said, Jesus, why is this man blind? Who sinned? Was it him or was it, was it his parents? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said it wasn't his parents and it wasn't him. The only reason this man is sick 
is so that I could come by here today. The only reason this man is blind is because from the foundation of the world, I had already ordained and orchestrated this. Stop trying to figure out God. You are not going to understand him and you are not going to figure him out. You've just got to trust him. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Well, why is this man blind? He said, the only reason this man is blind is so that I could come by today and heal him. Well, I thought you'd thought you'd like that better but that's because you don't get it see you see that blind man is somebody separate separate from you you are the blind man the only reason I was in the condition I was is so that Jesus could come and rescue me God gave his son Jesus ultimately to receive honor and glory you had no way out God gave us a way out through his son, Jesus. And if God gave us a way out, then we ought to give God praise for doing something that we cannot do for ourselves. When Jesus heard it, he said, wait a minute, this sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God. I want to tell somebody right now, keep on telling that, telling Jesus on that person in your life. Whoever it is that you're praying for and believing God for. Whoever it is that you're praying for and believing God for their salvation. It might be your husband. It might be your wife. It might be your children. It might be your co-worker. It might be your best friend. It might be your cousin. It might, I don't know who it is, but you keep on trusting God. You keep on believing God. You keep on writing God letters. But you ain't got to write him a letter. You can call out on his name. You can talk to him. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep believing. You say, well, I, here I go again. I don't know if I, he can do it. Let me tell you, he can do it. Oh, he can do it. He can do it. I, I got to wait a minute. There was, a, when, when I was a music pastor at, at, at New Life Church, I remember there was a, a, a guy there. His name was David. He's still there. I see him every now and then. David is down syndrome. He's 40, almost 50 years old. He calls me daddy. And, uh, hey, daddy. And uh, he took a liking to me. And, um, one day we were, we were outside, I can't remember where we were at or what we were doing, but anyway, he blessed me. I was talking about something to somebody else, but he overheard it. I was talking about Jesus and uh, how he could do anything. And I remember David looking at me, and David is, is simple-minded. He don't understand everything, but he understands a lot more than people think he, thinks he understands also. And he understands he's got a relationship with Jesus, and that's the most important thing. But let me tell you something. I was talking to people about Jesus, and he was standing there, and all of a sudden, after they left, he waited for them to leave, and he said, he looked at me and said, Daddy, he said, Jesus is a do-it man. I said, that blessed me. That don't mean nothing to you, but if you could have seen his face and you could have seen his action, and he may have not worded it right, but he said it how he felt it in his heart. What was he saying? He was saying, there is nothing that Jesus cannot do. There is no one that Jesus cannot save. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now let me get it back what I was telling you. I got my pen here. No, you say, I don't know if God can save. I don't know if God can do it. Let me tell you what this board represents. Maybe this is the first time you've been here, but we got three pains on these Pains, they got names on them. You know who wrote the names on them? You wrote the names on them. And when you done that, you were telling God on them. You were saying, God, they need you. And let me tell you, there's a bunch of names on here, but there's a bunch of names that's been circled. You know what the names that are circled means? It's the names of people who have been rescued by God, who God has saved. 
Charge would have been answered. Like Cheyenne and Jetty. Tim. Where you at, Tim? Tim, right there. Lisa. Taylor. I could go on. Connie, Kenzie, Dion. Daddy. Mama. Mama. Mitchell. Ryan. Taryn. Tori. Somebody ought to give God praise and say, Well, you. Well, you ain't calling out my name. You ain't calling out my family's name. Not yet. Not yet. Hold on. This represents people who were lost, who are saved now, been rescued by the power. You see them? Power of God. It does something for me. It does something in me. That's why I like to get down here when y'all ain't here. I'll get down here when the light's shining just right. And I look down here and I see the tears stains on the altars of this church, of the people whose names are on this board. I, I may never have the largest church. I may never be the most popular preacher. I may never be liked by a lot of church folk in this community but I believe God one day I'm not looking for a, a pat on the back I'm looking for a well done my good and faithful servant and I believe listen and I believe this is what God is expecting out of us and out of you to call their names to write their names you know what I'll just preach right here for a minute you know what listen they called, they called Jesus. You know what Jesus done? Let's just keep, let's keep on going. This sickness is not unto death. Let me just stop right there and say it's God's will that no man should die. That's what the Bible says. It's his will that no man should perish. I'm telling you right now, you're wondering, well, does God, I don't know if God even really wants to save them. He absolutely wants to save them. He absolutely wants to rescue them. He wants them saved more than you want them saved. And he's Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and he loved his sister. Verse 5, and his sister and Lazarus. Verse 6, and when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Jesus' his timing is perfect. Don't get discouraged when things, things, things seem delayed Delay is not denial. Amen. Now, when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days. Next verse. Then after this, he said to his disciples, we got to go to Judea. We got to go. And then his, then his disciples said, are you crazy? Go back to Judea. Last time you were there, they tried to stone you, Jesus. You better listen to me right now. I'm preaching now. I'm fixing to put this peanut butter and jelly sandwich together. I'm telling you. He said, are you crazy? Going there, they tried to stone you. And goest thou thither again? <laughs> Couldn't say that with a straight face. You want to go there again? 
The other day I was talking to someone, maybe you understand this jargon, maybe you don't, but I was talking to somebody, and I was talking to somebody that didn't like what I was about to say. And they knew what I was about to say. And you know what they said? Don't go there. <laughs> Just don't go there. I said, baby, I'm already there. I'm there. Come on with it. I'm there. Get to where I am at. I'm there. That's what the people told Jesus. Don't go there. Just don't go there. They tried to stone you. I'm so glad that God chose to go back to me. Because let me tell you something. The first time, you say, well, who stoned them? You, who was trying to stone Jesus? Uh, you. Because he came to your Judea. He come to your house. I didn't accept him the first time I heard him call my name. I didn't receive him the first. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I didn't receive him the first time he had a gift for me and said, Cut, choose me, accept me. No, I didn't receive him the first time, the second time, the third time, and it looked crazy to people. And if somebody could tell Satan could talk to Jesus, he'd say, You don't need to waste your time. That's what people are saying right now about some of y'all. That's what they have said about y'all. There ain't no hope for them. There ain't nothing they God it can't do nothing for them. They can't they won't do nothing for themselves. They burn all their bridges. Yet God it will chase you down. Stop you. Go after you again and again and again. Are you thankful for that? Are you thankful for that? That he doesn't listen to your critics. That he doesn't feel about you like other people feel about you. His disciples said unto him, Master, don't go there. Just, you know what happened last time. But God will chase you down. Do you hear my heart today? He'll chase you down. He'll run after you. He will stalk you. He will, pers he will persistently pursue you with a relentless, scandalous love that don't even make any sense. He won't give up on you. When you give up on him, he'll still be giving. He'll still be making intercession for you. When you throw in the towel, he'll catch it and he'll throw it back at you. Jesus went. Whether his disciples wanted him to or not, he went. In verse 38, Jesus was deeply moved and he came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. And I hear in my spirit today God saying, remove the stone in some people's lives right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it for your children, but I can hear it for your children. I can hear it for your spouse. I can hear it for you today. I hear the Lord saying, remove the stone. Roll the stone away. But you're going to have naysayers. You're even going to have the people who love you the most say, I don't know if this can happen. I had somebody, I heard somebody say this the other day. They said, we were, we were praising God for somebody who had just got saved, got saved, got uh, baptized. And obviously, I don't know their past, but obviously they lived a life that made the devil happy. That's all I can tell you. But all I, and, and what they said was, and it blew my mind. What they said was, well, 
I'm so glad that they got saved. I hope they can do it. Newsflash. They can't do it. And neither can you. This ain't about me and me, me being able to do it. This is about me placing my faith in a one who's already done it. Who's already died on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. I'll tell you, like my friend David said, he's a do-it man. Do you hear me? He's already done it. Hallelujah. I'm about to get happy right now. I'm, I'm about to lose it in here. Hallelujah. He said, roll away the stone. And one of the sisters said, Lord, they'd already told him you should have got here earlier. But then they said, the ones who have been praying now, isn't it amazing how we can go from faith to doubt just like that? I know because I can do it too. Healing. And then the Lord says, move the stone. And then they say, well, God, he, I don't know now. He already stinks. King James said, had it translated, he already stinketh. He stinketh at this time for he's been dead. Four days. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, it don't matter how long you've been doing what you've been doing. You can stink like sin. You can look like sin. You can talk like a sinner. You can act like a sinner because that's what you are. You can be a drug addict. You can be a crackhead. You can be a prostitute. You can be a good old boy. You can be a drunkard. You can be a liar. You can be a cheat. You can do all of them at the same time. But I'm telling you, one call from God and one answer on your part will change your By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. And then they removed the stone. And then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Well, I know that you always hear me, but because this crowd's around me standing here, I say this so that they may believe that you sent me. And then after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus! Well, now I've heard preachers say this, and I believe it to be true. I, believe, I like it too. And I believe it to be true. That if he wouldn't have called out Lazarus, if he wouldn't have made it specific, Everybody that had ever died, that had ever been put in the tomb, that had ever been put under the dirt, who had ever been cremated from now to, from then to now, when Jesus said, come forth, everybody would have come up out of the grave. But he didn't cut that. I'm talking about a man who has power, not just some power, but all power. But he made it specific. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And let me tell you, let me tell you, that's what Jesus is saying today 
right now. He, but he's not calling Lazarus unless your name's Lazarus. But you know what he's calling? He's calling out my name. And he's calling out your name. And he's calling out, I may not know your name, but he knows your name. And he is calling you out. And I'm telling all you, what all you've got to do today is answer. Answer the call. It is a gift that he wants to give you. And it doesn't matter how long you've ran. God's been, you didn't know it, but God's been running alongside of you the whole time. He'll stalk you living. He'll even, listen, I had a testimony. I heard, we all heard it. But I, some of you might not have been there. Brother Lonnie, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Sailor got up here a couple, uh, it's been two months ago, and he got up here and he said, I've been praying for my brother. He said, I've been praying for my brother. Brother Ronnie's in his 70s, and his brother's, I, I think, a little older than him. He said, I've been praying for my brother ever since I've been saved. He said, my brother got really sick. He had a massive heart attack. They put him on the ventilator. They didn't think he was going to make it. They had to cool down his body. They brought his body temperature way down low. I don't know what that's about. But just to help you, I guess your body function, not have to work so hard. They kept him really cool, put him on ice, keeping him alive by a machine. Brother Ronnie kept on praying. Well, God intervened physically on his behalf. And he, he, came, he, he, he was able to get off the ventilator. He took that, that tube out of his throat. You know how raspy it'll make your voice and irritated. Been there, was in there a long time. The first phone call he made was to his brother, Brother Ronnie. And he called Ronnie and he said, Ronnie, he said, this is, well, I can't remember his brother's name. He said, this is your brother. He said, I want to tell you right now. He said, I know you've been praying for me, for me to get saved. But I want to tell you, you ain't got to pray for me no more. While I was hooked up to these machines, God was talking to me. And I gave my life to the Lord. I'm telling you, God will chase you down. Run you down. Stalk you. It's his will that no man should perish. I'm telling you right now, if you got breath in your body... God is stalking you. The Bible says in the 139th Psalm, I can make my bed in hell. I can ascend into heaven. I cannot, but I cannot go anywhere that your presence is not there. Oh, I got good news for somebody. You've been thinking, I'm on, let me encourage you, mama. Let me encourage you, daddy. You can't go everywhere your children go. You can't go where your dad, your husband goes all the time. But I tell you, one who will never leave them or force, nor forsake them. He's, they are being stopped by Jesus, by his love. They go into the crack house. Jesus goes into the crack house with them. They go, they go to the, they go, they go to the bar. Jesus goes to the bar with them. They go to sing Ice Ice Baby. Jesus is singing Ice Ice Baby with them, following you all the way. You say, I don't know if that's true. I'm, you better hope it's true because the only way they can get saved is God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. 
and one day they're going to surrender and give in. And they'll have the same testimony that I have, that you have, that we who have been born again have, and that is this. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Let me tell you something. God is stalking you. He will stalk you. He will chase you. Let me tell you something. Quit running right now because God's faster than you. He's smarter than you. He's quicker than you. He's better than you. There ain't nowhere you can go and get away from God. And I'll tell you how good he is. He'll make your life miserable until you fall on your knees. Let me tell you something. You've been trying to do it all by yourself and you cannot do it. You want to get clean. You want to get right. You want to have a good marriage and you're trying to do it on your own and you cannot do it on your own. You keep on banging your head up against the wall. It's time to surrender today. I can hear him calling. You know, what's interesting to me is this is that sometimes you, you can't hear what others can hear because the enemy's got you so bogged down. He's got your eyesight all messed up and you can't hear what you need to hear. But I'm telling you right now, if you listen, you hear God calling your name. He'll chase you down. I'm looking at you right now and I'm looking at you dead square in the eyes because I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. I know for what I'm preaching right now is the absolute 100% God honest truth. There's a lot of things I ain't sure about. I don't know how electrical cars work. I don't even know if I want one. I don't know about this vaccine. Know nothing about it. Don't know how it works. But there's one thing I know. I know Jesus. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him like God knows him. But I know him. And I know him to work. He is a savior. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is a blind man healer. He's a lame, he can cause a lame to walk. He can cause the deaf to hear. And he can do the greatest miracle on the face of the earth. And that is salvation. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. And I'm going to close with this. Psalm chapter 23 verse 6. It says this. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some of you think you're alone right now. You're by yourself. You done burn all your bridges. And you, you just, things ain't going to work out. Let me tell you something. You're not by yourself. You got a company with you today. You got goodness with you today. You got, you know what God's goodness is? God's grace is? God, God's grace is giving you something that you do not deserve. You know what God's mercy is? Keeping you from receiving what you do deserve. I need both. And God's goodness and mercy is chasing you down today. It'll follow you like it did Lazarus all the way to a tomb. And you are Lazarus. You are dead. If you're not saved today, the Bible says you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And the stone has been rolled in place that Jesus has never had a problem with stones. He himself rolled his own stone. On the third day, he rolled it away. And I'm telling you today, he wants to roll your stone away and he wants to call, he's calling your name. Hear me now. You can't call on him until he first calls on you. 
I didn't hear Lazarus calling on Jesus. He was dead. But Jesus called him. He'll call you first, and then, guess what? Then you can call on him. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You didn't choose him. The Bible says he chose you. John would tell us you didn't love him first. He loved you, and you can't love him until he loved you. And I'm telling you right now, Oh, God, I wish you'd listen. He, if you got an ear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And he's calling you right now. Ma'am, sir, I don't care what you've done. It doesn't make me blush. But more importantly, it doesn't make God blush. God is God. You don't scare God away with what you've done. He knows everything you've done and everything you're capable of doing. And while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you, to save you, and to rescue you from sin and from yourself. Stand with me real quick all across the building. Musicians and singers, you can come at this time, but I would hurry. God is calling. God is calling. God is calling. God is calling. I would ask you to just hang tight just for a second. This is the most important thing that will ever take place. Today, someone could spend, and this is an eternal thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. What you're fixing to do has an impact on your forever. An eternal impact. See, I'm talking about God calling on you and you answering him. And it's so easy to put it off, isn't it? And I'm, what I'm fixing to say is not to scare you. Now, if I could scare the hell out of you, I would. But that don't work. It don't work. God has to call you. The Bible says no man is saved unless he's drawn by the Spirit. By the Father. By the Father. He's drawn by the Father. Now this blows my mind that God, the sustainer of it all, spoke us into existence, put the earth on its axis and spun it, and it has to operate just right on the exact tilt for the ocean to come this far and stop, for the moon to come up and the sun to come up. All this is going on. Beautiful little babies are being born today. Then a grandmother is kneeling in her closet right now praying for a drug addict grandson. And while the earth is still spinning and the sun's still shining and it's dark across the world and the stars are hanging and babies are being born and he's escorting some into eternity right now. People are leaving out of ICU bedrooms and all that and he's keeping his word. While all that's going on, 
He's saying, William, hallelujah, oh God. With all that going on one day when I was 12 years old at the Brunel Street Church of God, he, he said, Caleb, Don't take the grace of God in vain. Don't take it for granted. It is a miracle. And I'm telling right now, I'm, I'm saying to people who aren't saved, hear the voice of the Lord and come. Dear God, come. Dear God, don't wait. Hallelujah. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come. Come now. Come to God. Let me ask you, what is it that you don't like about God? What is it that you don't like? Is it the, is it the, the forgiveness of sin? Is it the peace that passes all understanding? Is it God's grace and His goodness? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You want to get saved today? You do? You hear God calling your name? What's your name? Mandy. Mandy, God's calling you. Didn't you hear Him? Yes. You hear Him? Anybody else? All right, now, give me some sisters to pray with this, this lady right now. Right, come on. Come on, right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come right here. Right here. Sir, let me ask you. God's calling your name. He's calling your name. He's calling your name. See, I used to think I used to think that maybe just church would be good enough, but it ain't. Being baptized ain't good enough. There's nothing that you can do that is good enough, that is a fair enough or just enough substitute for God eradicating your sin. Pastor, are you begging? Are you coming? Yes, you are. Bonnie, Bonnie, God's calling you today. You're hearing, didn't you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody around Bonnie. Don't leave her, but come around Bonnie. Anybody else? Sir, don't try to ignore it now. Don't try. You might as well come. There's some men right now that need to come. You're, you'll never be the man that you want to be without God in your life. Well, I don't know all this stuff. It, it, it shows I'm weak. You are weak. I'm weak. I need God. You say, move this, Josh. Move this. Listen to me. What do you want me to do? I'm not above it because I know Jesus is coming. You want me to beg you right now? Somebody go around that man. He's, he's made an altar at his chair right there. Stay here. 
There ain't nowhere to go. Just stay here. We got time. You want me to beg? Look, Paul said, I beseech you. I used to think I wouldn't beg. What, what am I saying? That's what I got up here and done today. I'll beg. I'll beg. I'll plead. I'll cry. I'll holler. I'll beg you because I know that eternity is in, is in balance here. Is it, this is about eternity. Heaven or hell. Sir, ma'am, if God's dealing with you right now, would you come? Would you come? I'm on my knees begging you. I'm crying out. I'm calling out. I'm begging you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right here. Some women right here. Now, this is what I want us to do. You say, just get on with it. Get on with it. Is that what you're thinking right now? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle, brother. It's a miracle. It's the greatest miracle of all. And this is the kingdom. And the kingdom is this. I've got time. This is what I want you to do. Hallelujah. This is what I want you to do. The Bible says there was a a man, you know the story, paralyzed. Couldn't get up. Dependent on people. Come on. Come on. Depending on people. Couldn't get up, couldn't do nothing for himself. So, he heard that Jesus was in town. Well, his friends did. So you know what they done? They put his clothes on him. They got him a shower. They loaded him up on a stretcher. And they carried him to the house of where Jesus was at. When they got there, the house was full. No room to get in, right? So what did they do? They didn't say, go home. They, they got him up on the roof, sir. And they dropped this paralyzed man down. Right in front of Jesus. And Jesus healed his body and saved him. The Bible says he's seen the faith of their friends. Now, I'm asking you. Somebody might be in here today and you hear God calling you, but you feel spiritually paralyzed. Cold. I don't know if I can come up there. I don't know if I can do this. And God's drawing you. Ma'am, sir, listen to me right now. Everybody in this building, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be a friend to somebody right now. I want you to be a friend to somebody. This is the most important thing you can. This might be the reason God put breath in your lungs for this moment right now. And I'm not playing and I, this is the most serious, I'm serious as I can be. But right now, this is what I want you to do and it'll take some, it'll be feel awkward. But if you had the cure of cancer, would you not shout it out to the rooftops? Would you not try to book every, would you not try to book every news outlet and get on the news and tell them, I know the cure. Well, I know the cure for a sin, for a sickness greater than cancer. More death, deadly than cancer. It's sin. And I know the cure. And his name's Jesus. So this is what I want you to do right now. 
I want you to look to the person to the left of you, to the right of you. They may be somebody you came to church with. They may be somebody you don't even know. And I want you to look at them. And I want you to ask them this. If you need to go to the altar, I'll go with you. And if you grab their hand, they say yes. You grab their hand. Ask them right now. Ask them right now. Maybe you've drifted from God. Come on. Come on. Maybe you drifted from God. Ask them. Come on. Anybody else? Right now. Ask them. Ask them. If you need to go, I'll go with you. I'll walk you to the house. I'll drop you through the roof. I'll come to this altar with you. Ask them right now. Did you ask them? Did you ask them? Come on, 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 come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Oh man. You came to get saved. You came to get saved. All right, listen to me now. Look at me. Right now, all across this building, down at this altar, I want you, I know you're praying, but I want you to look at Pastor right now. Look at Pastor right now. Come on. Come on, sister. 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 Bonnie. Bonnie. What's your name? Holly. What's your name? What's his name back there in the white? Yeah. Michael. What's your name? What's her name? Leela. These are people who are coming to Jesus right now. I want everybody to look at me now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Are you ready? You ready? You ready? What's your name? Mandy, you're a lot saved. Are you ready? Let's pray, everybody. Let's everybody say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me and you rose again for me. I heard you calling my name today. And I answer. I receive you. Your forgiveness. Your grace. Your love. Your mercy. I'm sorry. Forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. And today I believe I'm saved. Now I'm going to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.